Torah is a guidebook for life, providing us with laws that govern both our interpersonal behavior as well as our relationship with Hashem. It advises us how to treat the elderly and to care for the less fortunate, what to eat and what not to eat, and how to celebrate holidays and worship Hashem. When it comes to choosing a spouse, however, Torah is not so explicit in its guidelines. Though we are given certain restrictions regarding whom not to wed, we are not given instructions as to whom we should marry. Parshat Chayi Sarah, of course, focuses on this very issue, as Avram sends his servant to find a wife for Yitzchak. What traits did Avraham look for when searching for a spouse for his son? When entrusting his servant with the mission, Avraham commands him, Avram's directive seems to provide only geographic requirements, that the woman come from Mesopotamia rather than Canaan. Why, though, was the nationality element, rather than any other, the most crucial one for Avraham? Did Avraham think that Mesopotamian women had certain positive qualities? Or was his main concern to avoid negative Canaanite influences? What distinguished Mesopotamian women from their Canaanite counterparts anyway? Were not both idolatrous? Or, in the words of Rav Sadiga'on, while Avraham makes no mention of what he desires as far as his future daughter-in-law's character, upon arrival in Canaan, in Haran, the servant devises a water test whose purpose appears to be to ascertain exactly that. Is the woman kind and giving or unfriendly and selfish? Is she lazy or industrious? Interestingly, however, even after Rivka passes the test, the servant seems to still be uncertain as to whether he has accomplished his goal. Only after asking about her lineage and hearing that she is from Avram's family does he praise Hashem and consider his mission successful. What does this suggest about what the servant was looking for? Which factor was most important to him, the woman's lineage or her character? A third set of questions in our story relates to the doubling of the account of the servant's search. We are first told of the story by the narrator, and then again through the servant's own recounting of the episode to Rivka's family. There are several differences between the accounts, two of which are relevant to our discussion. First, Avram's original words seem to focus only on geography. He instructs the servant to travel to his Eretz and Moledet. According to the servant, in contrast, Avram commanded him to take a wife from his family, using the language Beit Avi and Mishpachti. Second, while in the original narrative, the servant appears to give Rivka jewelry before hearing of her lineage, implying that even without knowing of the connection to Avraham, Rivka was a potential suitor, the servant says that he gave Rivka jewelry only after learning that she was a relative, suggesting that only then did he think that she qualified as a future wife. How should we understand these variations? What light might they shed on the criteria sought by Avraham for Yitzhak's wife? One final question. While both Avraham and Yitzhak make a point of having their sons find a wife from Mesopotamia, Yaakov appears to not share the same concerns. For when his sons reach marriageable age, there is neither a mention of returning to Haran, nor any admonition against marrying a Canaanite woman. And in fact, in at least two cases, it appears that Yaakov's sons might actually have married Canaanites. 
Yehuda marries Bat Ish Knani, and Shimon has a son referred to as Shaul ben Haknaanit, suggesting that he too married a Canaanite. Were Yehuda and Shimon the exception or the norm? Why didn't Yaakov share the concerns of Avraham? Commentators address all these questions, offering a range of possibilities as to what Avraham was looking for in his future daughter-in-law. A first approach maintains that the most important criterion in the search for a wife for Yitzhak was that she be from Avraham's family. Thus, Avraham asked the servant to go el Artsi umaladati to his land and birthplace because this was where his family was to be found. Rashbam goes a step further, suggesting that the word moledet actually means family, and Avram explicitly directed the servant there. Similarly, he suggests that though the narrator implies otherwise, it was only after finding out that Rivka was indeed Avraham's relative that he gave her jewelry. He writes, Yesh lomar she'achar she'sha'ala bat mi'at natanla, k'mo she'katuv lefanenu b'sipur dvarav, ela shalu lehavsik seide dvarav u'tshuvat dvareha, Rashbam suggests that the servant's leader account is the more accurate one, and the narrator switched the order in the original account so as not to break up the flow of the conversation. Accordingly, there is no contradiction between the two versions of the event. We must ask, though, what was so unique about Avram's family? Why would he have preferred a relative over anyone else? Rav Sadugon, a 10th century exegete born in Egypt and a leader of the Jewish community in Baghdad, suggests that even though Avram's family too was idolatrous, Avram felt that it would be easier to convert his relatives than others. According to this reading then, when Avram told his servant not to choose a wife from among the Canaanites, it was not because there was something particularly negative about them, they were merely not Avram's first choice because they were not his family. In fact, Rashi suggests that if the servant failed to find someone who would agree to uproot to Canaan, Avram was willing to turn to the Canaanites as a backup option. This approach easy ex easily explains why the servant did not feel like he had accomplished his mission until after asking for Rifka's lineage, since that, after all, was the most important factor. But it must grapple with why the water test was necessary at all. Should not the servant have simply asked for Avraham's family, interviewed Rivka and the other females, and chosen the most appropriate relative? Why set up a test in which it was likely that most of the women tested would not even be possible candidates due to their not being from Avraham's family? Mayor Spiegelman suggests that the test was designed not to evaluate Rivka's character, but merely to help convince Rivka's family to acquiesce to the match. Since there was a good chance that the chosen woman's family would not be so willing to agree to her moving to a foreign country, it was not enough that the servant simply look for a relative of Avraham. He also needed a divine sign that could prove to the woman's family that she was destined by God to be Yitzchak's wife. The water test accomplished this goal, highlighting how the divine hand guided Avraham's relative Rivka, rather than anyone else, straight to the servant. And indeed, when Lavan and Betuel hear of the test, they say, Mehashem Yetzahadavar, the matter came from God. This position then assumes that for Avraham, lineage was the most important factor in choosing a future spouse. It might further suggest that this was the most significant criterion for all of the Avot, 
Rivka too sends Yaakov to her family to find a wife, and though it's not explicit in the text, according to several sources, most of Yaakov's sons married members of their family as well. A second approach focuses not on the positives of marrying someone from Avram's family, but on the moral bankruptcy of the Canaanites. Though both groups were idolatrous, Avram assumed that the Canaanites would be a far worse influence than his Mesopotamian relatives. The Ran, Ravnissim Garondi, a 13th century Spanish scholar and commentator, explains why. It cannot be denied that every individual has tendencies towards a certain trait or another, and these traits are passed from father to son. Since the women of Canaan were marked by negative character traits, the forefathers distanced themselves from them, looking instead to cling to those who do not share those traits, even if they were idolatrous. The Ram makes a fascinating differentiation between character traits and beliefs, suggesting that idolatrous beliefs can be rectified through education. But evil character traits, like those of the Canaanites, are ingrained and hereditary, and as such, far more dangerous. According to this approach then, when Avram tells the servant not to choose a wife from the surrounding Canaanites due to their moral depravity, he simultaneously implies that the servant should ensure that whomever he chooses in their stead should have an impeccable character. Thus, upon arrival in Haran, the servant does not search out Avram's family, but instead devises the water test, knowing that it is the woman's midot rather than her lineage or belief which is most crucial for success. Thus, too, as soon as Rivka passes the test, without even knowing her family background, he gives her the jewelry. However, he is of yet unsure of success because he still does not know if her family will agree, and so he inquires about her relatives, hoping to convince them. Malbim, a 19th century Russian exegete, goes a step further to suggest that the servant was actually surprised to find that Rivka was in fact related to Avraham, never expecting that Avraham's wealthy relatives in Mesopotamia would send their daughter, rather than a servant, out to draw water. When devising the test, he had not looked for a relative, but to find some kind-hearted woman from a poor family who would presumably be more willing to emigrate to a foreign land. This approach then worked well with the narrator's version of events, but less so with the servant's account, for in his retelling, the servant emphasizes that Avram specified that the chosen wife be from his family, and that the jewelry was given only after learning of Rivka's pedigree. Both of these suggest that lineage was the main criterion. Malbim thus explains that the servant altered the truth in order to best achieve his goals. He only pretended that Avraham had ordered him to find a woman from his family specifically in order to flatter Rivka's family and ensure their approval of the marriage. What had really been motivating Avraham, though, was not lineage, but the desire that Yitzhak's spouse be a model of kindness and giving, in contrast to the amoral Canaanites. With this, we move to one final approach, one assumes that one that assumes neither that Avram favored his relatives 
nor that he found the Canaanites more depraved than anyone else. Both they and the Mesopotamians were somewhat equally deficient in both their morals and religious outlook. Avram's concern stems simply from a desire to avoid having Yitzchak marry someone who lived close by. Rav Hirsch, a 19th-century 19th German commentator, explains that the negative influence of local relatives is far greater than from those living far away. He has Avraham explain, Ach, hashpa'at isha knanit abni tiagdola odyoter, mikevan she'anochi yoshev bekarev haknanim, va'alken tugbar utechuzak hashpa'ata ayedei krovei mishpachta v'chavirotaha. Rav Hirsch picks up on the language used by Avraham when commanding his servants. Lo tikach isha livni mibnota knani asher anochi yoshev bekirbo. Do not take a wife from, for my son from the daughters of Canaan in whose midst I live. At first glance, the phrase Asher Anochi Yoshev Bikirbo appears redundant, since obviously Avraham is living among the Canaanites. Therefore, Rav Hirsch suggests that these words are in fact the very reasoning behind the command. It is specifically because they were in his midst that the Canaanites were problematic. With the backing of their family and neighbors, they could exert much pressure on Yitzchak to assimilate and adopt their ways. Importing a wife, on the other hand, meant that she, without friends or family, was likely to adapt to her new family's customs and beliefs. This understanding might explain why later, Yaakov is much less concerned than his father and grandfather about his sons marrying the local women. Yitzchak and Yaakov had been sole heirs who could easily have assimilated into their in-laws' families. Yaakov's sons, in contrast, were already a clan, and anyone marrying in would be absorbed by them. In contrast to Rav Hirsch, his Italian contemporary Shadal sees only a technical problem in marrying locally, pointing out how such a marriage might affect Avraham's inheritance of Canaan. According to Shadal, being related to the Canaanites would make it very difficult to later expel or eliminate them. He compares it to the prohibition of fighting against Ammon, Moab, or Edom, all relatives of the Israelites, and thus off limits. It is one thing to conquer a nation of enemies, quite another to kill off those who are related. To summarize, the various approaches laid out above have quite different takes both on what it was that Avram was looking for in a spouse and how to understand the contradictions between the two versions of the story. Rav Sadia and Rashbam give priority to the servant's account and thus conclude that it is yichus, or lineage, knowing that an individual comes from a good family, which is most important. The Ran and Malbim, in contrast, focus on the narrator's version of the episode, suggesting that morals and good character take priority over not just family, but even over one's religious beliefs. Finally, Rav Hirsch adds that when two partners' value systems differ, one must be cognizant of who is more likely to influence the other. This debate, of course, is not limited to the realm of Parshanut, but it is a contemporary one relevant to all who weigh family, character, and beliefs in their search for the perfect spouse. What mix of these elements do you think should be the most important when looking for a spouse? For more on this issue and other topics related to Parshat Chayesara, please visit alatorah.org.